Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Defending the Line podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and we are in episode two of season two. Um, really, it's just year two and episode two. But uh, we talked about the capital takeover or invasion or a terrorist attack, whatever you want to call uh, what occurred. Um, we talked about the capital last week because it just happened. And we went over a bunch of videos and we talked about a bunch of different things and my mind's not changed. My opinion's not changed. I still look at that as I look at any protest across the nation. Everyone has a right to peacefully protest. That is, that is your right. You have a right to free speech. All of that stuff is your right. What you don't have the right to do is break windows, gain access to a building that is not accessible currently and do things within that building even just sit in that building is illegal and so when you start getting into the illegal stuff that is when it's no longer a protest you go and you do a march down a sidewalk you've got a, a declared route you've got security there you've got all this stuff set up but then you veer off and then you go and sit down in a road or lay down in a road or block a highway or whatever. And we saw that all last year. That's not a protest. You have committed a crime. You have blocked the flow of traffic. You have whatever, whatever it is, whatever the circumstances, you've committed crimes. It is no longer a protest. And so what we saw is a lot of people protesting and a group of people that gained access to the building went in and created havoc. Scared people and freaked people out and got people to run and hide. And ultimately someone got shot and killed. Another person got hit over the head, another officer. I think there were 60, 50 or 60 injuries as a result of that, that takeover. Um, I have a hard time explaining what that was. That was criminality. That, those are criminal offenses. And so they went in there and they did that and their entire message or whatever they hoped to accomplish went right out the window. It was no longer a protest against the election or whatever, whatever their thought process was. They went in and became criminals. And I don't support any of it. I'll support everybody outside, everybody that stayed outside, everybody that kept kept it peaceful, didn't assault police, didn't do anything crazy. I support those people 110%. But I don't support the people that broke in and caused mayhem. And you really hurt everybody else. If you were a legitimate protester, one of that, you know, part of that group, and not somebody that kind of infiltrated their way in, which... At least two people have been arrested now and, and clearly shown to be BLM slash Antifa protesters. And they went in and said a bunch of nonsense. One said that they wanted to throw the president out and we're going to do it today and blah, 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 which clearly is not a Trump supporter. Um, there was a guy that said he was happy and excited and and and. Love the fact that he went up and broke one of the windows out. And they were just arrested. They were just arrested 
like one maybe today and one uh, earlier this this week so they're getting they're getting picked up and i start watching this and i start tracking who they're getting and they'll release something on the media because every time one of these people is caught it's a story you know the last nine months we've had rioting daily in portland seattle minneapolis everywhere and you don't see those people getting scooped up and it becoming a story the whole rioting wasn't even a story so these people are getting scooped up i'm keeping an eye on it and there's lots of talk now about off-duty officers even firefighters there was a swimmer olympic swimmer or whatever that went there and, and they're all facing charges and just because you wear a badge just because you wear a uniform just because you are a first responder or whatever it is doesn't mean you can't do wrong i mean we see it all the time someone does something stupid or they get into a domestic or they get in a dui or whatever it is they became a criminal essentially that's what these people did is they went and became criminals and that's on them and and you were solid up to the point where you went in and, and i think these people are done now there was talk about and we've talked about it last episode is the the president urging people on and i've watched a lot of videos and there have been i think two more videos since the one we played on the episode so we played the president's message and it was basically go home uh be be calm be peaceful don't don't do any do don't do anything else go home and then he was banned on twitter and it was at the time a temporary ban of 12 hours and now it's forever <laughs> because twitter is balls and so they they did that and then they started banning all these people the supporters and everybody else twitter's on, on a rampage right now and i just watched a video earlier today of of twitter that uh from the CEO to his staff saying that he's going to be banning more accounts and they didn't even scratch the surface. Like there's going to be significantly more bans and things coming down the line that they were focusing on the one account. And obviously we know what account that is. And then the fallout from that was 70,000. I heard more than 70,000 accounts were banned on Twitter. There's all sorts of chaos that happened after the podcast last episode. You know, there's a parlor went down and this isn't a political podcast and I'm not trying to, trying to, you know, whatever, but it's kind of tied into the last episode to kind of clean up that, that previous episode. But parlor has been taken down by Amazon because they were running their servers. And so parlors down, there's other websites right now that are popping up and springing up. Social media is kind of secondary options for Twitter and, and things like that. So there's been a lot going on in, in the last, I would even say, 48 hours. You know, I had a couple things on my schedule and then I just wiped it clean and said, nope, well, I'm just going to do this stuff. Because this stuff that I'm going to show today is really 24 to 48 hours. I mean, this is new stuff. This is, uh, you may not even have seen some of the stuff so we're going to show a couple videos we're going to talk about 
the capital one more time, but not about what occurred so much and not about the actual group and, and stuff like that. But we're going to talk about the hero of the capital. Now, if you've been following social media, you probably already know who I'm talking about, but we're going to talk about him anyway. And I'm going to give you some little bit more information, but uh, I just want to touch on that a little bit. Talk about, you know, we, we broke that video down. Now I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. I'm also going to talk about qualified immunity. That's going to be the big topic for this episode. Um, there are some people out there, some really ignorant people that have no idea what quali qualified immunity is. They believe it to be something else and they run with it. Now, when I say ignorant, that's what I mean. I mean the fact that you have no idea, but you still run with it anyway. There are people that are just not knowledgeable. They hear one thing and they think, oh, okay, that must be what it is. And then they just go through life. But if they take it and they run with it and they try and create campaigns and they do all sorts of things with it, that's ignorance. And, and I will call out the ignorance on this podcast where I see it. And we will do just that. If we have a little bit more time, there's a uh, recent video that just came out. It was posted up on Police One. It is a an officer in a mental health situation with uh, with you know a person that they had gotten called to the house on and he ultimately gets stabbed it's a very quick like five second clip video but it shows the dangers of kind of what law enforcement and even paramedics and firefighters go through as well we had an incident not long ago last year where the firefighters went to a scene the guy was uh, on meth or whatever he was he was out and they brought him they brought him back to consciousness and he pulled a gun he started shooting and killed i think he killed a firefighter and then he shot a couple people before he got shot by the police officer and so these people um whether it be on drugs or off drugs having a mental health episode this is a dangerous situation for law enforcement to send a social worker in is asinine now if you want to send a social worker behind the police officer and have them go hand in hand tandem i'm in support of that but as you'll see in the video you send a social worker into an incident like that and they're you're gonna have a lot of dead social workers so this first video this this video popped up on social media and it popped up in two videos two different versions of it now this first one is hilarious because there's a, a person talking and then they give their reaction now we're going to play the video we're going to talk about this video, then we're going to go to the uh, the second version of this video, and we're going to talk about that one. That one does not have audio, so I will just kind of bring us through and, and go through what you're seeing, and then hopefully it all makes sense. Now, if you're catching us in audio form right now, thank you. Thank you for listening. You do miss out a little bit on the video stuff, and if I could take this podcast and if the podcast blew up and it had uh, a million viewers and subscribers and all sorts of things i would still want it to be more of a video podcast than audio so if you listen that's great i appreciate it thank you for listening but if you want to catch those special little tidbits you know where you're actually seeing it on the screen then obviously you need to hit up the podcast on youtube now we are live streaming right now on YouTube, and then it's going to be uploaded and you're gonna be able to view 
the past episodes on there. So if you're listening, head over to YouTube. If you're on YouTube and watching, thank you for being here. The audios are uploaded. So if you're on the road or whatever else, pop up, you know, Pandora or iHeartRadio or Spotify or any of these podcast streams and you can you can listen to the episodes on there so let's move over this video here now this is a pursuit of a uh, stolen vehicle now i've done a lot of pursuits in my time i never pursued a stolen vehicle because it just wasn't in our pursuit policy but as you're going to see chp california highway patrol is in pursuit of this vehicle and they are going to stop this vehicle. And they're going to stop it pretty uh, pretty well. But the unpredictability of this driver making left turns, right turns, right there. He's going up. He's going to pit this vehicle right here. There's the pit. Ooh, wow. Oh, my goodness. What? What? But oh, my goodness, she says. What? What? Okay. So we're going to break this down a little bit. Now, Pursuits, in general, just pursuits, are dangerous. They're extremely dangerous for the um, the general public. They are extremely dangerous for the officers. It is the type of thing that you just can't let go and keep going and keep going and keep going because somebody's going to get hurt. And generally speaking, they're going to end in one of two ways. Either they're going to crash, the suspect is going to crash, or you're going to arrest the suspect. So one of those two things is going to occur. Now, in this case, they crashed and then they got arrested. So it was kind of a twofer. But um, you, you've got to stop these types of incidents from, from carrying on and being um, too dangerous for the public. So I'm going to bring this back over. One second here. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to show the video without the audio so you can just listen or just watch it and i'm going to kind of pause on a couple spots and explain a couple things so here's the, the vehicle now it's proceeding down the road he does a little quick maneuver now the officer okay so the vehicle, you'll see this kind of white white truck on the left here. It's kind of pulled off to the side of the road, which is cool. That never happens. They don't care that there's a pursuit coming at them. And generally, civilians are kind of just, I have no idea what to do. So they just keep going. So you'll see this, this truck is pulled over. The other red truck is trying to get out of the way, which is also quite impressive because that never happened. And then the officer's coming up. He's going to try to do the pit. Now there's two options here. Just, just from this point right here, you can pit to the right or you can pit to the left. Now, generally speaking, you want to pit away from danger. So if, let's say, the, the dump truck or whatever that is, trash truck, and the red vehicle were not there, it'd probably be safer to pit to the right. Whereas if there was no vehicles on the left, and no vehicles coming down the road, you might want to pit to the left. Sometimes you don't have the option, and it's just you've got to react. So in this particular case, I'm not sure if this officer looked ahead and saw it was clear, but it was a balls, balls move 
to pit right where these two vehicles are. So now we've pit this vehicle. He's almost hitting the back of this car. It, it, I couldn't really tell from this video if he did in fact hit it. The guy kind of pulls off to the right and he jams his brakes like almost reacting like he got hit, but I'm not entirely sure if he did. Now, this vehicle has enough momentum that it just carries past this kind of truck with the trailer thing. And that's that's lucky because it could have veered off just to the left like it's doing right now and, and T-bone this guy. Um, another thing when you're doing a pit maneuver, you want to make sure that the vehicles are slow enough so that we don't have a violent reaction. Now, I'm, I'm looking at these cars going. They don't look like they're going very fast, maybe maybe 40 at most, 35. And they're going pretty slow. But this truck tries to overcorrect, tries to correct himself. Um, I think you can even see it in the video. Let's back it up here real quick. So he's getting pit here, and he's trying to overcorrect and fix himself. And he's just, it's not happening. You can see the tire is turned. So he's trying to overcorrect, and he screwed up. Instead of if he had gone and just pulled to the left, he might not have rolled. Maybe it's possible. So he rolls it. And I mean, he takes out that pole right there, that little sign. He takes out the fence. It's kind of a crappy fence. It's not really a fence. And he rolls. He rolls a good, what, four times at least. Boom, 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 boom. And then it comes to a rest. Okay. Now we're going to watch the other video, the other kind of, I don't want to say side of it, but um, this other video shows a little bit more of the aftermath. I mean, this is a violent takedown. This is pretty impressive. And take a look at this wild. And, and I'm going to just take the volume off just so that we don't have to listen to this lady talking, but that's a violent pit maneuver if I've seen one. Uh, I've given I've given one of those before, but not that not not where the vehicles rolled over. Now, of note is at the end of this video, there is a guy uh, right in the middle of the screen, laying down. He ejected out of the vehicle, and he's laying there. Now, in a little bit of a longer version of this clip, there is a an officer that goes up and kind of talks to him and kind of addresses that person. I'm not sure if they're alive or not, but. As far as everything that I read, they were arrested, so um, I assume they weren't killed. There were additional people inside this vehicle, and then they kind of approached the vehicle and do a little bit of like a felony stop. That's impressive. That's an impressive video. Um, that crash is wild because, I mean, it is, it is violent. Here it is again. I'm going to put it up one more time. Again, this is a ballsy maneuver by this law enforcement officer that pits this vehicle between two vehicles. I don't know what the justification was. I don't know if he looks ahead and he sees there's no cars coming. This is perfect opportunity. I don't know if someone on the radio said, pit it now, pit it now, pit it now. I don't know what occurred, but he, he gets it. He gets it perfect. Or she. But I, I, I just say he because I saw a male officer approaching in the other clip. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Multiple rolling, rolling over and over and over again. 
And then at the uh, far right of the screen there, you see like a box or something. And then right above that is the guy that ejected out of it. So, you know, plus one for seatbelts. Wear your freaking seatbelt in your stolen car that you're driving. If you're going to run from the police, you know, maybe, maybe you should probably do that. So uh, I, I thought that was pretty well done. There is a lot of critiquing going on. Uh, online right now of that video and the fact that they kind of disregarded everybody's safety and it was aggressive and I, I, I think it was okay I think it was okay I don't I don't think it was perfect I think it could have been better but I think it's okay so um, stolen vehicles you don't see a lot of chases with stolen vehicles and most apartments nowadays don't allow it because, again, pursuits are so dangerous that something as low felony of a, of a charge as stolen vehicle, they just don't allow it. Uh, maybe 10 years ago, 5, 10 years ago, they were chasing them till the wheels fell. And when I started in law enforcement, we had a chase policy that I think had just started a couple of years before I got on that said no stolen vehicle chases. And then I had a, a pursuit one time and it was a stolen vehicle, but the guys in the vehicle had robbed multiple people. They had shot at a driver. And I talked about this on a podcast once before, but um, that incident, when I pit the vehicle, I mean, I sent them into a pole and it was completely destroyed. A little, a little violent, if you will, like this video was. So impressive, impressive. Um, so we talked about the Capitol last episode, and we showed a video of a lone officer. Now, this officer's name is Eugene Goodman. Here he is here on the screen, if you're watching the, the video version of our podcast episode. Now, Eugene Goodman puts himself between all of the people, the politicians, everybody else, in a crowd of like 200 people. And they're outside of this door and they're looking in and they're kind of yelling at him. Now, at some point, I'm not really sure what occurred before the videos kind of start. And there's a version from our view, like like you're seeing on the picture on the left. And then there's a video on the of what we watched last episode of the right, you know, on the right side of the screen there. And so Eugene Goodman, he at some point loses his baton. You see it sitting on the on the ground behind him in that first photo on the left. He's yelling at these people, telling them to stay back, stay back. He's getting on his radio and he's keying up and saying, I've got people coming in. Uh, at one point he then goes, he draws back, grabs his baton and then runs up the stairs. So just like the right image on the screen right now is him fleeing up the stairs. Now, in the right image, he's glancing kind of over his shoulder to see if anybody's there. Um, the story being told is he guided these protesters or, or criminals at this point, right? Because they broke in away from the politicians, away from the people in the building. And he draws them up this, this hallway, up the stairs, up another stair, up another stair. And he's on the radio, we're up the second floor, third floor, whatever, all the way. When he gets to where all these people are, the other officers, they form a line and, and get these people stuck kind of in this lobby. And so Eugene Goodman, 
people are saying is the hero of the Capitol. Now, we, we obviously talked about him and other officers, and we showed the other video of officers getting struck and beat down, and, you know, they weren't just invited into the building. You know, there is one video out there. Um, I don't think we showed it last episode because I couldn't really find a good clip of it, um, but there is a, a video where the doors are open from the people on the outside, and they, they open it somehow, and then they walk in and inside, kind of on both sides of the hallway, are police officers. They're not like, hey, come on in, guys. You Come on, do whatever you want to do. They're just not doing anything. And I'm not sure the circumstances surrounding that. I don't know what the thought process is. I don't know if they were given certain orders to stand down or, or whatever. But they clearly don't form any sort of line. Now, our Eugene Goodman here does form a, a line, a single person line. A, uh, what I talked about last episode as that Leonidas, you know, a brave one against the, the million. And he puts himself in the middle of it and they're calling him a hero. And he is. I think they all are. I think all of them that stood in the way, you know, you had photographs coming up of, people barricading doors and holding doors closed with tables and benches and chairs. And I mean, those are all heroes, you know, who knows what would have occurred. And we even showed the, the photo last episode of the guy with, he's holding all the um, zip ties in his hand. Now, what, what the hell are you going to do with zip ties? Either you're going to zip tie some doors together, handles together so people can't come, come or go, or you're doing something worse like grabbing a person in zip tying there was no good good thing to do with a zip tie at that point so eugene goodman class act now we even learned more that he is a military veteran he was in the u.s army and so they're showing all his photographs they're talking about him on the news now and i thought it was pretty interesting that they go one day literally literally the day before hating law enforcement to the day of or day later where they're saying, Oh, thank goodness for the cops. You know, these politicians, they're like uh, little puppeteers and they've got the strings and they've got you wrapped up and they're just playing a little game. And that's all these politicians do. One day they tell you one thing, the next day they tell you something completely different. You know, they talked about uh, Biden and how he, it, welcomed BLM and all these people in and then as soon as he got the votes and he was destined to become president didn't invite BLM to come to a meeting that he was having with a bunch of people so these people are playing games and I'm I'm kind of sick and tired of it I don't like it and I think we need to um let these people know that it's not okay it's not okay to flip-flop it's not okay to say law enforcement sucks and then law enforcement's great. I would love for them to always say law enforcement's great. That's never going to happen because there's going to be another shooting on video that people are or choking or whatever. And people are going to lose their minds and then we're going to be back to square one again. So I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of hearing about it. Um, th this is all over the place type of mentality. And so hopefully that changes. Hopefully that gets better. Um, I don't know. 
I don't see the next four years uh, being any better than the last four years. And I don't say that the last four years were terrible. I'd say the last two years were kind of, at least the last year, 100% was awful. Worst year I've seen for law enforcement since I started. Pretty damn close to, I think, what it was at 2010. We had rioting then. But, I mean, this is, this was phenomenal in a terrible way the last year. Um, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to see it again this year. It does not look good. And then now we have, you know, we had BLM and Antifa and, and, and their whole, like, chaotic mess and burning and looting and destroying and 25, I think we talked, deaths at the hands of a, a BLM and Antifa protest. We talked about that, I think, last episode or one before. And so the uh, what's happening now, I don't know. It's going to be the other side now. And so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure how this is going to go. This could be awful. This could be another awful year. It could be great. I don't know. Uh, we might see a complete turnaround for law enforcement. We might see a flip-flop of the new president and his administration where he's like, I love the police. And then all of a sudden, everybody loves the police again. I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about this episode is I brought it up at the beginning was the qualified immunity. Now, in Colorado specifically, this is just where I'm from, they didn't do away with it, but they introduced a bill that if the officer is found to break rules and, and violate, violate the law and things like that, they can be held responsible for up to $25,000. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't have $25,000 uh, at all, let alone extra to just kind of throw around. So if something were like, you know, to happen, if I was in law enforcement still, and I lost out on $25,000, that would be the end. That's my house gone. That's my vehicle's gone. That's family, complete mayhem. I don't even, I can't even fathom where I would be if I lost $25,000. Now, some of these people out there want it to go away completely so that officers are held liable for everything. And that's the ignorance I was talking about. Because we have people like this, the campaign to end qualified immunity on Twitter this page here. Now, qualified immunity is basically uh, broken down in a definition like this. It is a judicially created doctrine that shields government officials from being held personally liable for constitutional violations so long as the officials did not violate clearly established law. That is kind of the best definition I could find for qualified immunity. And it is in place for a reason. If you remove qualified immunity, let's just say just remove it altogether, what you're going to have is no law enforcement officers left. Or you're going to have some weird insurance system like they have now in Colorado with a lot of law enforcement agencies that they are now covered for that $25,000 under a of an insurance policy. I think that's asinine. I think that's kind of going and, and, and 
creating a bigger problem than is needed because then you're going to have guys who legitimately break the law or legitimately violate rights and now they're covered by an insurance and then the people are going to be like what the hell why aren't they covered under everything you know paying up for everything it's not a system that was created to protect police in the sense it's not a system that is there to remove uh, the the I guess the bad cops responsibility you know like they say on this on this page here love the good cops prosecute the bad cops okay they say they want qualified immunity our mission is to end the qualified immunity doctrine so that cops accused of violence can stand trial face prosecution be held liable for their actions that already occurs if you as a law enforcement officer violate city county state laws and are found to be criminally liable then you will go to trial if you are involved in an officer shooting or some sort of big incident and it goes to a grand jury and they say that it should go to trial you will go to trial and what i don't understand is is these people seem to think qualified immunity protects law enforcement officers kind of all the way you know and and that there's no way they could be held responsible that couldn't be further from the truth because it does it, it's it it's in place to protect the officer from losing their livelihood but if they commit a crime and they do you know they they are criminally responsible or constitutionally responsible they violate the rights of the person they are held responsible and some departments they have funds set up so that if someone files a lawsuit that the lawsuit the the whatever the winning is you know if they get ten thousand or a hundred thousand or whatever it is comes out of that fund that's a smart way to do it and then you can pull that out of the cop's ass if you want to or fire them or do whatever you want to do you could charge them i've never heard of a city county or state firing a law enforcement officer paying up for a lawsuit and then going after the officer for that money although why can't it happen you know the the qualified immunity only goes so far it only allows for that non-criminal behavior you know if i pull someone over and, and i do my thing and then they say i touched them inappropriately or whatever um, and a body cam was on body cam was off whatever whatever happens and it goes to a civil they, they there's not enough for criminal right there was nothing recorded there was nothing that shows that it actually occurred so it goes to a civil trial civil case the person files a lawsuit against the city against the officer in that case it would you know the example was me and they would then go in testify to all the stuff that they do let's say they were found yep okay here's ten thousand dollars or whatever that comes out of the city people don't like this on this twitter don't understand what qualified immunity is it is not there to protect bad cops it is there to protect good cops from getting completely screwed 
Now, I personally experienced at least one lawsuit that was completely frivolous. Two, actually, um, one didn't even go through, and then the other one, it went quite a ways through, almost went to a, a trial, but the guy dropped it. It disappeared because he was a, an idiot. I'll probably talk about him someday. But my first one, my first one was a use of force. I go to cover officers, they're in a fight. You know, they call out, we're in a fight or whatever. I roll up, me and another officer, I jump out. I run in, they're holding a girl, they're getting her hooked up. And I kind of put myself between the crowd because there was a big crowd forming and the officers so that they could do the arrest. Now, once they had one of them arrested, this girl runs around, jumps almost on this officer's back, and I grab her and I pull her off. And as I'm holding her, kind of like a, a bear hug kind of fashion, because I'm not hitting her, I'm not striking her, and she's not under arrest, I'm just saying, get the hell back. She drops, just goes dead weight and falls on the ground. I'm like, what are you doing? Standing over, what are you doing? Get up. And she's like, ah, screaming on the ground. And I'm like, I didn't put you on the ground. You fell on the ground. And so anyway, uh, this whole incident goes through an internal affairs investigation because she goes on the news and makes wild claims that she was thrown down, tackled football style or some nonsense. And there were 25 witnesses. These are people that officers, the suspects, and witnesses, all these people, 25 independent people, created statements and all these statements were compiled. And I was sent a letter that said, you did absolutely nothing wrong and based on all these findings. And then they listed like, this person said this and this person said that. So she makes this frivolous, these are before body cameras, by the way. So we just didn't have anything recorded. But at one point I was having my own body camera. This was not that time, although this incident was my justification for getting my own body camera. And I carried one for a little while before the department went to, went to body cameras. But the complaint was so false, so frivolous, it was, uh, it was slanderous. I mean, it was, none of it was true, right? And the attorney got the case. They sent me a letter of intent or sent the department a letter of intent. And then as soon as they released all that information, a letter, another letter came in and said, uh, forget that. This person is not, they don't have a case. We're not going to file this lawsuit after all. But that's where police are at. Firefighters, EMS, all these, all these people. This is where they're at, is that they are going to calls getting complaints and getting sued. Now, when Colorado went to the new kind of amended qualified immunity thing, there were posts on Facebook that said, hey, you officers are now held liable for $25,000. You need to go in and file as many complaints as you can and lawsuits as you can so that we can hit these officers. This whole system, court system and, and lawsuits and civil system, isn't there to help, it's to punish. And so they were abusing that system. 
Now you remove qualified immunity and now you've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people now doing that, abusing the whole system. And I, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know why we allow it to happen. It needs to stop. And people like this on Twitter don't know what qualified immunity actually is. They still get paid. If the officer does something wrong, let's say something not criminally, um, you know, kind of a criminal standard, maybe a little violation of rights kind of thing. But if they do something, the person suing is going to get paid. It's not like qualified immunity allows them to run free with absolutely no repercussions at all. That's not at all how that works. So these people, they just don't understand. And I read through a couple of these, these posts and they have no idea what the hell they're talking. This one's new. This is as of an hour ago. As it stands, qualified immunity shields bad cops who've engaged in unlawful conduct. No, it doesn't. I just said it doesn't. I just spelled that out for you. If there's criminal and an unlawful conduct where they're found at fault, the person is getting paid, the officer is getting fired or administrative action of some kind, depending on the, the, uh, the level of what it is. It says, as a result, countless victims of police brutality have been unable to sue. Incorrect, 100% incorrect. You can literally sue for anything. You can go in and sue the police department because they came and knocked on your door late at night. You felt like it was harassment. You felt like it was a problem. They keep doing it all the time. So you say, so you go and you file a lawsuit. You can literally sue for anything. You buy a hot cup of coffee from Starbucks or McDonald's and you spill a little bit on your lap. You can sue for millions of dollars literally for anything. So this person is incorrect. We believe that everybody deserves a chance to fight for their constitutional rights. Yes, yes they should. But qualified immunity does not remove that ability to fight for your rights. So people like this, like this end qualified immunity campaign on Twitter, don't understand how this works. Now, me telling them, and I'll be happy to send a, a clip of this video of this podcast episode to them and say, hey, here's what I think about your campaign and how incorrect you are. Will they watch it? Probably not. Maybe they'll see, you know, a, a couple minutes where I'm bashing, bashing their whole way of life and they'll turn it off. These people are never going to listen to me. They're never going to listen to you. They're never going to listen to anybody. These people are, are, are ignorant to the facts, to what's going on. Qualified immunity does not protect bad cops. It protects good cops. So if you go out and you do your law enforcement stuff and somebody makes a frivolous complaint and maybe you're in a use of force and the, the camera goes flying off and so it's not documented that they elbow you in the face so you punch them in the face and you break their orbital socket or whatever and the person goes and files... A, a lawsuit against you, a civil lawsuit against you, the department, the city, the whatever. Um, 
nothing says that qualified immunity is going to protect them. They, you may still get your money. The judge might say, hey, that's pretty excessive. You know, they took a picture of the officer and there was maybe a red mark on their face, but you had a broken eye socket, which can happen from a single punch. And so they rule in favor and you're going to get your money. You're going to get your money. The department is going to get their, their asses ringed by whoever is in charge. The officer may or may not, depending on the outcome of their internal investigation, may lose their job, may lose their livelihood. And that could be a perfectly good cop that did absolutely nothing wrong. But you went through the system, filed a lawsuit, and, you know, for some odd reason, they decided in your favor. And so that's that. So qualified immunity is not going to protect bad cops. Bad cops are going to weed themselves out with their actions because they're going to get on radars. They're going to be seen. And when they're seen, then they're going to be in the spotlight and, and, and be constantly in internal affairs and be investigated for things. Eventually, something, they get a lot of frivolous complaints, and, and I would probably say 90%, maybe, maybe even more than that, of complaints filed against law enforcement, against firefighters, EMS, whatever, are pretty frivolous. Or, or some outright lies. And so 90%, they got to weed through the 90% of those complaints and find a good one on that officer to get rid of them. They can't just say, oh, you got, you got eight complaints, so we're just going to get rid of you. You know, just like in the civilian world, an officer is, is innocent and proven guilty. And in a department, they can say, you got eight complaints, so we're just going to put you on a desk, we're going to hide you away somewhere, or put you on paid administrative leave. And now you can't do your work. You can't do your job. All because of someone complained or a group of people complained might not even be true. So, look, th these people, they drive me crazy. They drive me crazy. I, I don't know what else to say. Um, they just don't know what they're talking about. And there's a lot of this, a lot of stuff with uses of force, um, the riots, the way they were handled, things like that. You have constant, constant, constant people with misinformation and crap they saw on TV and crap they saw on, online and somebody's posts and they think, well, I, I know, I know. No, you don't know crap. You don't know anything. You don't know anything until you put on the boots and the uniform and you go out there and you try it yourself. I highly encourage people to go out there and try it. Try it for themselves and see and see what happens. So this video, I'm gonna show real quick. Um, like I said, it is a very short video with no audio. He's an officer that gets attacked. There's the mental health incident. So we're gonna, we're gonna roll through this real quick. So we've got your officers inside. We gotta go, we gotta go. And then up around the shoulder, basically, this lady pulls a knife. I'm gonna pause it right there, darkens the video a little bit, but you can see right above that little play button there is that knife. And she drills that knife into that officer. Now, as far as I can tell, she was kind of wrestled and they, they arrested her. She wasn't shot or killed. Um, it doesn't always happen that way. It doesn't always happen where somebody pulls a knife and they, it doesn't lead to an officer involved shooting. Um, sometimes it does. 
Sometimes it does. You know, this is another video here, which when I saw that video, reminded me of this video. There were two videos that this instantly reminded me of it. And I'm going to play this one with the audio because I like the words. I like the, the, the speech. There's actually this officer talking to this individual. Now, you'll notice right off the bat, before I even hit play, he's got the knife down, down at his side, and you can't see his hand. That is a concern for me. Now, I'm going to maneuver my body around so I can see that hand. And he doesn't, you know, because he's dealt with this kid before or he knows this kid. He calls him by his name. You know, I think he's comfortable with him enough that he's not worried about that. He's not taking steps back and drawing his firearm or his taser or whatever to say, let me see your hand. I want to play this one. The thing of it is, you're still not in trouble, but obviously I can't trust you not to run anywhere. All right. So come on. Come on. I'm going to put you in handcuffs for now. Okay. So real quick, I'm just going to stop it. We're going to play it all the way through, but, um, and, and I know my wife is going to be probably watching this episode and say, why the hell do you keep stopping it and talking through it? I just want to, I just want to pause here for a moment just to reflect the fact that he's being calm with this guy. He's being nice with this guy. He's he, okay. You know, come with me. I will put you in handcuffs, but you're not in trouble. You know, blah, blah, blah. This is all ways that officers talk to people on a daily basis. This happens all the time. He does the same overhead swing stab maneuver and stabs this officer in the neck. And then there's going to be a little foot chase. Uh, I think the foot chase is, is worth watching and the outcome of ultimately what happens. Hey! He stabbed me. He's got a knife. Hey, stop. Stop. Stop it. I got him a good point. Stop right now! Stop! Nick! So I'm going to stop it right here. Um, he is <laughs> lucky there were two cartridges in that taser. And the new tasers, they have those double cartridges. Now, you, you saw a moment. We're going to back up just a little bit, kind of like right here. He's getting on the radio. I assume he was getting on the radio. Kind of a weird, you know, why would you yell that he's got a knife and he stabbed me and he's, you know, I got him at gunpoint. That's just like a weird thing to just scream out. Obviously, I think he's keying up on the radio and talking. But this point right here, he's got a gun aimed at him. Would he have been justified in shooting this guy? Based on the totality of the circumstances? Probably. He just stabbed the police officer in attempted murder, attempted murder, which, by the way, that previous video, they didn't charge that person with attempted murder. They just charged that person with assault. And that's complete asinine uh, criminal justice system. That is an attempted murder. You're driving a knife and she had a, a big steak knife, serrated steak knife that she drove into the officer's neck. That is attempted murder. Same here. This is attempted murder. Try to stab this guy in the neck which, I mean, there is, you hit that artery, done. Done in 30 seconds. 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Now, right here, he's got the gun aimed at him. But I guarantee this officer, this is October of 2020, this officer's going, man, if I shoot this kid in the back, there is going to be a lot of upset people. 
Now, could he say he's justified in the fact that he just tried to kill him and he may kill someone else? He is a fleeing felon, and a lot of departments have fleeing felon laws. Could he have shot this kid? Sure. I don't know how old he is. Seems like he's 18, 19, somewhere around there. Um, Might have been younger. I, I used to know the details on this, and I don't anymore. But So he chases this kid down, and he gets him tased. It, it, like I said, it's pretty impressive the fact that he had two cartridges because if the one, he's not going to reload the cartridge on the run. He may try, um, but he also has his pistol out. His pistol's in his left hand. I also don't recommend having pistol and taser out. Uh, he's running after this kid. If he missed the taser, he could wheel around and then stab him again. I get it. I get why he has a pistol out. I wouldn't just because I'd be a little concerned. I'd, I'd kind of sympathetic, you know, when I'm pulling the taser, I I'd accidentally do something with the pistol. So I wouldn't do that. But so he's going to, he's going to tase and then he puts his Stop. gun on the ground. Stop right now. Put it down. Drop the knife. Go to the side. Yeah, you got joke. Very weird. Puts his gun on the ground. So right here, he just drops his gun. And I thought that was very bizarre. Right here. He's got the gun in the left hand. He needs he needs his hands. You know, I'm just going to hold the uh, the taser and, and maybe have my gun out too if I already have it out and go through the arrest. But, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking about. I certainly would not leave my gun there. I would reholster it. Um, he It sounds like he tases him again because he kind of goes for a really long ride. And, and then his cover gets there and he hooks him up and he finds out, you know, just to what extent he was stabbed. Now somebody in chat says, uh, can you show it again? I'll, I'll go ahead and play it again from the beginning. The thing of it is, you're still not in trouble, but obviously I can't trust you not to run anywhere. All right, so... Come on, come on. I'm gonna put you in handcuffs for now, okay? Ah! Hey! You stabbed me, you got a knife! Hey, stop! Stop! Stop it! Stop! Stop right now! I got my good point. Stop right now! Stop, Nick! So I played through again just to show the beginning again for chat, but um, he was so calm, so cool with that guy. And I guarantee the cops in the other video that I showed are probably the same way. Okay, so you got to come with us. You got to go. Because that's how I talk to people too. I said, hey, all right, here's the thing. Look, people are concerned about you. You did this, you did that. You tried to cut yourself, whatever, whatever the circumstances are. Hey, we got we to gotta go talk with somebody. Now, I never really use terminology like, um, you know, I'm going to put you in cuffs because you're under arrest. I hate saying that. I hate saying that because in, in their brain, the fight or flight kicks in. You know, and a lot of departments, they'll teach you, okay, you're under arrest, do me a favor, put your hands behind your back. Sometimes even standing off, completely standing away from the person, turn around, put your hands behind your back, face away from me, blah, 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 blah. No, because the fight or flight kicks in. You've told them what's happening. You've said you're going to jail. 
you are losing your freedom, you're losing your rights to, to walk free for whatever reason, whether you did something or not. And at that point, they're going to either decide to give up, fight you, or run. And I don't like giving people that opportunity. Now, in this case, he's he kind of puts his hand on him, and then he says, okay, you know, I'm going to put these cuffs on you because, you know, whatever. And I've done that too. Now, generally speaking, when I... If I'm going to put cuffs on people, hopefully there's somebody else there and we each take a hand. And then I say, okay, I'm putting these cuffs on you. Just relax. And they're like, why, why, what's going on? What's going on? You got to tell me it's, I, it's my rights. It's blah, 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 blah. And I go, look, just relax. I'm going to explain everything to you. Click, click, click. Okay. This is what's going on. You are going to go to jail because of X, Y, Z or I'm going to take these cuffs off after we do X, Y, Z, whatever, whatever it is. And so I guarantee in that video where the officer, the first video, he goes in and says, all right, come on, you got to come with us. We go to hook her up and she stabs him in the neck and then there's a fight. And then ultimately she's charged with assault. Like I said, that's pretty acid and that needs to be attempted murder because you don't just stab somebody in the neck with the intent to just kind of hurt them. You're doing it maliciously to kill them. You are ending the threat against you by taking them out. And that's what this kid did too. So that's it for the episode on the uh, today's podcast episode. Um, you know, I say it every time. I say it every episode. You know, these officers, these first responders, they're out there doing their thing. And, and you've really got to step up and speak out. When you see stuff like that Twitter video, uh, uh, Twitter account, and they're saying qualified immunity sucks and blah, 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 and you need to do this. And we need to shut them down because bad cops and good cops and boo, boo, boo. Tell them. Tell them they're wrong. You're wrong. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. And here's why. And if it's something I've talked about, feel free to link them to, to the episode. And, and, and YouTube, you can even link to the exact second in the video. And say, go watch this and educate yourself. Or link them to somebody else's video. Or link them to a website. Or link them to something. And say, look, you're wrong. Here's why. I do that probably 90, 90%, I would say, of my content, of my posting on social media is to educate other people. 5% I'm kind of screwing around and then 5% is just miscellaneous, you know, haha, that's a hilarious video. But 90% probably of what I post online is trying to educate people. Take five minutes. You see something, don't just pass it up. Don't just say, ah, they're stupid. I'm not going to say anything. And then go on to the next tweet or the next video or the next whatever tell them sit down for a second just say look you're wrong here's statistics on why you're wrong here's an incident on why you're wrong here is a image on why you're wrong here are the facts here are some sources you can go to and it takes all of maybe 60 seconds to say here you're wrong and here's why when these people are posting all this, a hey, cab, all cops are bastards and everything else. Yeah, it's asinine. Yeah, it's ignorance. Tell them you're wrong. See what happens. They're, you know, their head will fall off. 
they will get so upset. And then if you want to just mess with them, then do it all the time. No, you're wrong. Cops are great. Oh, a freaking demon will come out of their brain and they'll lose their minds and it will be hilarious. If you want to troll them, if you want to be funny, or if you want to be serious, just educate them. Say, tell me, tell me one, give me one example of when that occurred or when, when this happened or whatever. Oh, really? Okay, here's 10 incidences where it went the other way. Or here's some statistics that show you're wrong. Get out there, get loud, get involved. Stop letting these first responders get trampled. Because we just saw it. We just saw it this past week. Officers getting trampled. Then it's, oh, officers are great. Heroes. We love cops. And now they're getting trampled again. And now we're seeing negativity coming back in. Don't allow that to occur and just be like, eh, whatever. It's fine. It's not fine. That's why I do this podcast. It's not fine. It's not fine that first responders get treated like crap. They don't deserve it. Am I a little biased because I was a first responder? Sure. Do I think there are other citizens, a lot of them out there that are very quiet? Yes. I think the majority of citizens in this country, I can't speak for other countries, but I can, based on what I've seen and heard in this country, feel that they support first responders, law enforcement, everybody, and they are quiet. And you can't be that quiet majority anymore. I'm not saying go break into the Capitol and do silly nonsense. This is not inciting violence. This is inciting education. Go out there, educate people. We're going to be back again in one week. So it's the 21st at 10 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have a whole new schedule and a whole new set of topics and videos to cover. And it should be fun. I hope you learned something. I hope you appreciate these episodes. If you're watching them on YouTube, thank you very much. If you're watching live and there were a few people watching live, thank you for being here. There were a few people in chat. Thank you for chatting. As I've said in previous episodes, and I'll say it in probably everyone, we do have a Discord server that you can come in. And if you join the lobby, I'll pull you up and you can comment on a topic. You can ask a question. So you said this. Why'd you say that? Talk through. Or hey, you could come in and say, I disagree with you and here's why. Cool. I will give you 30 seconds to get your point across and then I will tell you what I think. We may not see eye to eye, but that's cool. That's how that works. So I hope you people come in and, and interact with this with this podcast because it fuels the content and the the discussion and gets juices flowing and people thinking about things. If you're watching, great. If you're listening to these episodes, fantastic. Like I said, every single one goes up and they go all over the world and they go all over to all different platforms. I put every single one of them on, on Anchor, anchor.fm. And then from there, they send them off to Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all these different places. So thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. And as always, we need to defend the people that are defending us. So get out there, make your presence known, 
let people know that you support first responders and why. Catch you next week. Have a good one.